Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Jay Harvey. How are you, Jim? Jay, I'm well. You know, we started a new series last week on Viewpoint, you and I, called Out of the Box. What it's like to get out of the box of the comfortable, the predictable, the known. Do you ever feel like you live in a box? I I have from time to time. And I think everybody has a different definition of what that means. But I think what you and I are going to continue to talk about is that spiritual box. What is it that we are not allowing God to show us, to make possible by living in our own spiritual box? I understand that completely because there are just some lines I don't want to cross. And there's some places I just don't want to go. And it's terrifying sometimes to approach a question or an opportunity that is unknown or where I can't predict or control the outcomes. And it's so much easier to retreat into my spiritual box. And actually in church life, that's especially prevalent because church life can be a box where there's the predictable known. Every meeting has a certain order. Every week has a certain routine. And those rhythms and those orders do have anchoring power. And that's a good thing. But if it's all you know and you refuse to take a dare that heaven sends your way, you'll never find life, the life God has designed for you. In this series, Out of the Box, we're studying the Acts of the Apostles, a group of people in the first century of the Christian era who, sometimes by their own choice and sometimes by circumstance, were forced out of the comfort zone and the box of the predictable and known. And while they may have been reluctant to tumble out of the box at first, every one of them discovered that as they climbed out of the box and they accepted the dare of God, great things ensued and their own lives were deepened and enriched in ways while they would never go back. I love the Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament because it tells the story of a group of people in the early years of the Christian era but who actually lived just like we do 21 centuries later. How so, you wonder? Well, they lived in a period where Jesus was no longer physically present. He had ascended to heaven. That's in the earliest part of the book of Acts. And the rest of the history is about a people who are just like you and me. We don't have Jesus here to touch in a physical way, even though we know that he's living and that his spirit strives within us. We also know that he's promised to come back But just like in the Acts of the Apostles, we're not sure when. And the consequence is those people in the Acts lived just like we do now, except they lived in a more daring and dynamic way, it seems. And I have a little hashtag I use on Twitter. I want to live like that. I would like to live with that same daring and supernatural buzz and edge as they did in the Acts of the Apostles. And that's what we're talking about out of the box. So what I'm hearing you say, Jim, is that even though you've pastored for several years, I've pastored for the last five years, that that living out of the box doesn't necessarily mean just picking the late service versus the early service. It's a little bit more to it than that, right? There's a lot more to it. In (laughs) fact, there's a lot more picking and choosing than just which service we attend. Ah. And that brings us to a very famous narrative in Acts chapter 9. And the central figure here is Peter, the apostle. And if there was any guy in the New Testament who was willing to take the dare, it was Peter. He sometimes would take the dare and then get afraid, famously, getting out of the boat, walking on the water, and then kind of losing his, his groove and beginning to sink until the Lord rescues him. Yeah. But Peter was a guy who was accustomed to living out of the box. And yet, we see even in Peter 
his reluctance to, to go beyond what he knows, to take an idea that wasn't within his pre-configured notion of the way things should be. It's Peter that Jesus rebukes very sharply when Jesus is describing the out-of-the-box journey of the Messiah, which is going to include death on a cross. And Peter says, no way. You're not doing that. This is before the events happened. But he rebukes Jesus and says, that's not going to happen. Stop talking that way. Because Peter's in a box. Mm -hmm. His box about the Messiah is small and narrow. It's predisposed according to what he wants to have happen, not what God knows must happen. And in that, Jesus says to Peter, you got to get out of your box, guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, get thee behind me, Satan. That's actually what he says to him. That's a pretty severe rebuke. As you're listening today, you may want to give us a call because you have an idea, you have a thought, you have a comment, maybe a prayer request. We're always glad to hear from you 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're by the phone. This is the number toll-free. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We want to hear from you. I'll give you the number at the close of our broadcast, but know this, your voice is always welcome. Peter, he's in a city called Lydda. It's in ancient Israel. It's in ancient Palestine. He's been there staying. Peter is a guy who already has learned to live out of his box, but he still has some boxes out of which he must climb. While he's there, In a nearby town, there's a crisis in the church. The church is in a place called Joppa, made famous in the Old Testament because it's the city from which Jonah set sail to escape the call of God. Now it's going to be famous in the New Testament as a place where Peter, in subsequent chapters, is going to discover new boxes about embracing the whole world, not just his own clan. Mm. But for today, He's in a box, and he's going to climb out of it as God calls him to do something he doesn't think is possible. Jay, pick the story up for us in verse 36, Acts chapter 9. Sure. Starting in 36, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated is Dorcas, who was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. And in verse 40, it continues, But Peter asked them all to leave the room, and then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers, and he presented her to them alive. The news spread through the whole town, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. A few verses, a few sentences, an absolutely (laughs) mind-bending story. Peter comes to town, and he finds a church which is paralyzed with grief. But let's notice first up that Peter actually gets the invitation to come because he's nearby. Right. And I love this about Peter because he is nearby. And too many of us who are Christ followers are insulated from the world around us. We need to be focused on being nearby to a world that's in need. We sometimes want to be in a box because it separates us from those needs. But Peter was always out and about and exposing himself to a knock on the door where someone in need might find his help. Wow, 
I want to live like that. Amen. And maybe I'd see, maybe I'd see some more miracles if I lived like that, because Peter's always setting himself up for an opportunity for God to do some great thing. Mm. He gets to Joppa, and there he finds some believers. He finds a church. We don't know who planted the church there. We don't know about its history. We know that it flourished for a time. But today, when Peter arrives, it's in great disarray because Dorcas, a pillar of the church, this woman called Tabitha, has died. She got sick and she died. But she was a great woman who did many great things, but her passing has cast a pale over the whole thing. And nobody knows what to do. You know, I see some boxes here, Jay. Can you imagine a box that is holding the church captive just now? Yeah, absolutely, Jim. I see boxes, and, and they're still with us today. People who uh, suffer loss, and yes, while we grieve, they tend to want to stay there. They want to stay in the past. They, they don't want to even pop open that box a little bit to see what the future may hold. And and their world has become just what has happened in the past with no way forward. And this is one of the most confining and natural boxes of human experience. And of course, if you lose a loved one like Dorcas, a friend or maybe a family member, it's a good thing to grieve. We all need to take time to grieve. But sooner or later, you have to climb out of that box of grief. Mm. And sometimes we are in a box preoccupied by the past not because of the loss of a loved one, but maybe my job changed or my kids grew up and moved out of the house. I mean, all kinds of losses in life, all kinds of changes up. And when that happens, you can be confined in a box and it's paralyzing. It's miserable because all you can do is moan and groan about what used to be. And sometimes we just have to celebrate what used to be and then pack it up. Mm. There's another box here too. This church in Joppa, though, is not just confined by the box of the past. It's confined by a box of material things. And you might think, well, where am I getting that from? Well, look at what happens. As soon as Peter shows up, all the people can talk about is the things. They talk about the coats and the clothes that Dorcas made. What are we going to do now? How will we replace these things? Who's going to make these things in the future for us? How will we get these things going forward? It's all about things. And it's another box that enslaves us. It robs life. It denies us the adventure. And it it squelches the spirit, a box of things, and all of us know that. If only I had a few more things, mm. uh, if I could just get that new thing, mm. if those things were just protected by me so I didn't have to lose any thing, and it's a box, and it will always deny you life. And mm. Peter looks at these boxes, this church, which has become ground to a standstill in its boxes, and he's, he's looking at them and he understands the real box that has confined them is their lack of faith. This is a people with a completely weak and inadequate faith. They, they just can't see past this insurmountable mountain of Dorcas passing. And he has to deal with it. When we come back, we're going to see how he helps them climb out of the box. And he himself finds himself stepping out of a box. Peter finds the church in Joppa, and they're trapped in several boxes, the box of the past, the box of material things. They are hemmed in by their lack of faith. And what's the first thing he does, Jay? It's so extraordinary. I love it. He clears the room. He says, you all just step out. Could you just excuse me, please, yes. for a few moments? Right. I mean, and what's happening here? I think Peter understands that when people are living in a box and you are finding yourself trapped and confined in that same box, it's impossible to climb out if all the voices around you say it can't be done. Right. You shouldn't try. 
there's no future, there's no hope, there's no remedy, there's no way forward, everything is a dead end, we're in a corner, we're trapped, just get in the box and sit in here and weep with us. I mean, that's kind of what's <laughs> happening, right. isn't it? That's and right. And Peter says, I can't live there. Right. And so if you could just excuse me, I think he was polite. Yes. <laughs> but he said, could you just give me some space and time here? I need to figure out with God what mm. to do next. Yes. And so he finds himself alone. But this next part of the scene is the one where I'm going to read between some lines. It quickly says that he began to pray, he knelt down and prayed, and then he called Tabitha back to life. But I think there's some things in that, that phrase that we need to understand. I'm not sure that Peter showed up in town believing that he was going to raise somebody from the dead. I really don't think that was in his head. He was called to come and help, but he probably got there wondering, what should I do? And even when he was in the room with a dead body, he's thinking, all right, Lord, now what? And I honestly believe that as he was praying, it was his act of praying. He was opening himself up. Lord, I'm here. This church is in disarray. They've suffered a great loss. I'm not sure what to do. I'm not Jesus. I'm looking at a dead body. What should I do? But he's opening himself up where God is going to push him out of his box. And God is going to persuade him, you need to call her back to life. And I can just hear the argument in Peter's head. Whoa, I saw Jesus do that was Lazarus, but that was then. This is now. I saw him do that. That's him. This is me. And God says, no, you're going to do it. Mm. I don't think this passage has been preserved for us so that we'll all run down to a funeral home and put it to the test, see who we can call back to life. But it is here, I think, to challenge all of us. There are going to be moments in life where we are confined by what? we think is possible. And God is going to say, get up out of your box, and I want you to try something that's not possible. Mm. You stand by the Red Sea, and you watch what I'm going to do. You give me those loaves and fishes, and you watch what I'm going to do. You pray over this dead body, and you watch what I'm going to do. You go home and call up your spouse who's left the house, and you watch what I'm going to do. You write a note for your child who's run away, and you watch what I'm going to do. You go to your employer, or you look for a new job, and you watch what I'm going to do. I mean, there's so many things in life that confine us. But when you pray, be open to what God calls you to do and see what happens. Uh, Jim, I can tell you that... Being a pastor and counseling people and being involved in their lives, they have plenty of voices telling them how it is, how things can't change, just the way it is, and just to deal with it. And I think that there is an important point here that you bring up, which I so love, and that is sometimes we have to intentionally just drown those voices out and get alone with God. We might not be able to put people out of a room, but we can go into a room and pray. And with that comes, Lord, your will be done. I am open and I am here. And I think that that's all it takes to take that first step out of the box. And so often we're afraid to take that step because we fear failure. But I'm here to tell you, it's better to try and fail it's better to try and climb out of the box and tumble back in. It's better to try and find yourself splat on the floor on the outside of the box than to never try because God will pick you up again and give you a new chance. Peter found that day that he had to get out of his box and try something he didn't think he could do. And the church in Joppa was forced out of its box and realized that its life was not in Dorcas. It was in the living Christ. And the town of Joppa was transformed by this moment where circumstances converged and the Holy Spirit tumbled everyone out of their box. What can happen where you live? This week, think about the boxes you live in and think about what God might be calling you to try and think about, is there a moment this week to come where I need 
to climb out of my box of the known, the predictable, and the comfortable and try something for Jesus' sake. Pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful that you know us each one by name. And we know, Lord, that you know how difficult and challenging this world is, and you understand the sorrow of loss, and you understand the unpredictable nature of life, and you know how we're prone to want to just play it safe. But like Peter of old and like the church of Joppa in ancient time, help us, Lord, to not be flummoxed, not to be stymied, not to be stopped in our tracks by the way events unfold. But help us, Lord, to be willing to climb out of our boxes and to try something by faith that can bring life. I don't know how it will be for each of us, but may each of us have a heart's door open to your Spirit's calling. We surrender our lives into your hands, knowing we're not worthy, but trusting Christ, his work on the cross, and his living Spirit still to use us for the good. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you'd like to know more about that of which we have spoken today, give us a call. Dial 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by the phone 24 hours a day and seven days a week. And Jay, if someone did not want to give us a call but would prefer to check us out online, what's our web address? Uh, That would be cbhviewpoint.org, and that stands for Christians Broadcasting Hope, cbhviewpoint.org. You can read about the ministry there. You can also send us an email. We will reply. Or at the last, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or use the post, let us hear from you this week. Jay, as always, a pleasure to be out of the box with you. Yes, and it was fun, and I hope uh, I continue to keep the box lid open. I think you're in good form. And to all of you, thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll be with us again next week when we continue our series, Out of the Box, in the Acts of the Apostles. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.